Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks very much for joining us on this episode. We take to the high seas. Well, the sea off Ballycotton, where Ballycotton Sea Tours are back active for the season. If you're thinking of sprucing up your home, then stay tuned because we have got an interior design expert coming up as well. But we're going to begin with Biomarin Pharmaceutical, which has opened a new expanded manufacturing site at Shan Valley. It's the company's only manufacturing site outside of the US and it manufactures treatments for people with rare diseases. They've been operating here in Cork for the last 10 years or so and I'm delighted to be joined by the Vice President of Shan Valley Manufacturing Operations at Biomarin, Connor Delaney. Connor, how are you? It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah, hi Jonathan. I'm, I'm great and uh, delighted to join you. So thanks very much for having me on. Uh, you've been operating in Cork, what, for 10 years now at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's been a really exciting sort of 10, 11 year journey for Biomarin in, in Ireland. And uh, it's uh, the latest addition to our facilities here uh, is what we opened in the last couple of weeks, which is a, a state of the art expansion that now enables us to uh, complete aseptic manufacturing, which, which also then uh, puts us in a position to be an end to end manufacturing site. So really, uh, really exciting addition. Um, and it's a journey that's been uh, been 10 years in the making uh, and has seen us uh, grow significantly over the past number of years. And what's the expansion going to mean for you guys in the Cork plant and I suppose for the wider company, the global company? Yeah, well, maybe let me start with just giving you a little bit of a sense of, of what Biomarin does. So we're, we're, as you said there, we're a global biotechnology company and company was founded over 25 years ago. And as you mentioned in your intro, we're really, our businesses were dedicated to transforming lives through genetic discovery. So we develop and commercialize uh, therapies that address the root cause of, of genetic conditions. So in many cases, they're conditions that are rare diseases and uh, are also targeted towards diseases which have unmet medical needs. So uh, in Ireland, as you said, it's been a journey over the last 10 years. We, we opened in 2011 and uh, back then we just had 12 people. And if you fast forward to today, uh, we're, we're now uh, operating in two locations with, with over 550 people uh, across both the sites. So we've got our manufacturing operations in Shambali in Cork, um, which, as you mentioned, is our only manufacturing facility outside of the U.S., uh, and and then also we have our European and Canadian commercial headquarters now based out of Veraldsford Terrace in Dublin. So you can see from that Ireland is really important to Biomarin. And with this latest expansion, as mentioned, this really completes the uh, ability for our facility in Cork to complete end-to-end manufacturing. So the drug substance, the bulk drug substance manufacturing is already in place over the years, we've expanded our packaging capability, which is the final labeling and packaging of our products. And this last piece that we just announced in the last two weeks and, and officially opened is the 38 million euro investment to enable the sterile filling of our products. So the bulk drug substance sterile filled into vials and syringes. And so it's a unique end-to-end capability that we now have in, in Cork. Uh, which is a really exciting thing for for Ireland and our operations, but also uh, really delivers a significant benefit for for Biomarin and and the patients that we serve. Well, let's talk about the patients because I mentioned the fact it's drugs for people with rare diseases and and there have been incredible advancements in the treatments that you'll have seen and you'll be producing in the 10 years that Biomarin have been in Cork. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and as as mentioned at the start, like we we really focused on on transforming patients' lives. Like the patients are really at the center of what we do. It's why we come to work, and it's why we're able to attract really uh, high highly experienced and talented people. So, and um, we're we're very much focused on uh, making a big difference in in those patient populations, the small patient populations. And as mentioned, we're we're focused on therapies which really address the root cause of genetic conditions. So. In terms of advancements, I mean, when Biomarin was founded over 20 years ago, um, we were focused on the treatment approach, which is called enzyme replacement therapy. And so this is really focused on developing the synthetic versions of, of proteins which are missing, say, in, in patients who have rare genetic conditions. So uh, the proteins that, that we make in our body are essential for how our cells function. And many of our products are called enzyme replacement therapies. It's a synthetic protein to replace those enzymes. Today, as, as well as that part of our business, the advancements are now starting to focus on uh, designing breakthrough technologies. And Biomarin is really a pioneer in this space that's really trying to tackle the underlying cause of these genetic diseases. So, for example, we, we're focused on an area called gene therapy, where we're really looking to try and get the body to a place where it can create uh, its own proteins uh, rather than needing replacement therapy so that uh, we're actually able to de deliver strands of DNA to the cells and then enable the body to make these proteins itself rather than having to have synthetic replacement through enzyme replacement. Okay. So amazing advancements and very exciting time. Brilliant. In, in uh, the, you're fixing people, which is ultimately the goal of exactly. medicine, and, and that's what you're doing. Um, the, the location in Cork, is, well, it's not by chance, we've got a large pharma cluster, a biopharma cluster down here. Um, the availability of people, the quality of the people being turned up by our universities, were they all key factors in helping get this new expansion up and running? Yeah, absolutely. And and over the last 10 or 11 years, they've been really important factors as well. And, you know, we're, we're connection for Biomarin is a really important piece. So whether that's connection to our people and the employees that we are lucky to have in, in Ireland and, and around the world, or as, as mentioned, the connection to our patients, but also a connection to our community. So, I mean, the, the supports and the, the environment in Ireland for biotechnology and biopharmaceutical manufacturing, the support from the government, the support from the IDA. We work closely with Cork Chamber. We work closely with the American Chamber. And, and as you mentioned, we have really close connections with our university system as well. They're really the, the critical ingredients for um, success. And they've been a really important factor for us over the last 10 or 11 years and will continue to be an important factor moving forward as well. Okay, well, you're continuing to expand as well. It's not like you're you're stopping with this expansion, so there might even be a bit more in you. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we also announced on the, the day a couple of weeks ago that we're investing a further €30 million Euro in packaging expansion uh, and uh, expanding the footprint for the final labelling and packaging. So, uh, yeah, the growth journey continues. And, I mean, like, just going back to that culture of, of connection as well, I mean, it's really important to us the role that we play within uh, with our employees and, and the uh, attractiveness of Biomarin as we continue to grow uh, to, to get the best talent to work. So, you know, we, we were really proud actually to have a, an award-winning workplace. We, we actually just recently celebrated the same week um, being voted as... Uh, 
the uh, the eight company to uh, eight top company to work for out of the top twenty five LinkedIn companies in Ireland, um, and also then uh, in the last year we got a an award which was the IBEC Keepwell Award. So you know connection to our employees uh, as well as our patients and uh, attracting the top talent and building that culture of of uh, what it's like to work in environment is is really important to us today and and will be on an ongoing basis as, as we continue to grow as mentioned. Well it's great to hear that the business is going from strength to strength and doing the best of all things and helping people who have got conditions that previously probably would have gone untreated Connor Delaney, uh, site lead for Biomarin in Shan Valley in Cork. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks very much again Jonathan, it was great to talk to you. Interior design's really exploded in recent years. We could argue it's down to social media and Pinterest and Instagram and people like bloggers and influencers posting pictures of how beautiful their homes are compared to the kip that you might live in. I mean, my house, of course. But a trend that has really taken off in recent years is staging your home before you set it because apparently it can add thousands to the value. Interior designer Maura Mackey is an expert on staging and she's with me now to talk about what is involved. Maura, how are you? Hi, not too bad at all, Jonathan. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. This this fascinates me because um, I, you know, I haven't bought a house in quite some time. I live in the one that I'm in. Uh, it, it needs a bit of work, you know. That's always important. But I'd imagine <laughs> if I was trying to sell it, the bo- the most I would do was be, you know, give it a good Hoover. But you're telling me if I did that, it'd cost me a fortune. Well, you know, like I suppose uh, the thing I say to people, and I suppose it, it kind of re- relates. I suppose is relative to them. If you were selling your car in the morning, Jonathan, would you not send it for a car wash or a valet? I probably would, you see. But then again, that's the car. It's easy to bring down. The house is very, it's very big. I it mean, is, I, I'd be at it for hours. Yeah, but you see, your property is worth so much more, and it's worth the investment. So I suppose why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you sell your home without the staging? Then because I suppose when I stage it, I dress your home to sell it. I, I suppose, attract clients to make sure your property looks the best it can be. And also the big thing for me is that, you know, it helps people, potential clients, visualise themselves in your property. Whereas if they come into your house and they just see clutter and everything, all your personal items and everything themselves, they're just going to go, oh my God, I can't imagine myself living here. It's just clutter, clutter, clutter. And um, a lot of personal stuff that, you know, they can't imagine their stuff there. So that's why staging is so important. It highlights... It highlights to them the benefits and how amazing that property can be. Now, if you walk in somewhere and there's flock wallpaper, uh, the the paint is peeling off the windowsills and they've got an orange couch, is there anything you can do to make that look better? Yes, because I like I suppose I do kind of thing as well, Jonathan. I suppose I stage people's homes. But I also do kind of staging report that I went to people's homes before I stage and I say, okay, look, this is what you need to do. I, I call it my front door to back door report. Basically, I start at the front and walk my way back. So I go through from the front door all the way through every room, and then I kind of give people reports there what what I would change to make your house look better before you sell it, whether you want to stage it yourself or whether you want me to stage it. So basically, if you had the wallpaper and stuff like that, what I would say to myself: not everybody likes that you know, those wallpapers. So I would recommend to neutralise it, to, you know, maybe paint over it or maybe put a, a more neutral wallpaper there. The couch, um, for me, when I'm staging properties, and if not everybody loves colour, I love colour myself, but not everybody has that. For staging, I would recommend people to go more neutral base and we can add with accessories. You know, not everybody likes bright colours, some people like more neutral to- teams. And by doing that, you're kind of attracting a larger audience, you know what I mean? Okay, and, and so, so you do have to kind of spend a few bob on it. Like, it's it's not like you just throw a few cushions and, and a throw. No, well, do you know what? No, I suppose the way I look at it is that 
you can do as much or as little. I recommend what I think you, you, you need to do to it, right? Claire, I suppose, to get the biggest reward. But you can do as much or as little as you want. So I suppose I, I kind of say, well, look, if I was you, I could do this. But you could also leave you could also leave the wallpaper and maybe, you know, rent a, a, a neutral colored couch and actually, you know, tone down. The, that would make the wallpaper look a lot more toned down then. You know what I mean? Mm. How so does the wallpaper would be a feature then rather than shout out to people. Absolutely, you know, like yeah, it, it doesn't dominate the room. And like you, you're an interior designer by trade. So how, how did yeah. you branch into this work? Did somebody come to you and say, uh, look, I think this house is going to be worth another 10 grand if I make it less manky. I, how did you fall into this? Well, do you know what? Now, I suppose, do you know what? Interior design and probably home styling probably fall hand in hand. But you, you will not believe this now, but I actually joined the Home Staging Association a couple of months before COVID hit. And then during COVID, they ran this business course and every month we used to have these monthly meetings and I joined it and I kind of went, oh my God, this will be another little string to my bow when it, you know, because they do work hand in hand and it's a great, you know, it's a great service that I think is not being utilised, you know, as much as it could be in Cork. And I think people are now realising how important a staging home is. But I suppose I'm part of the Home Staging Association that would be in the UK and Ireland. And basically, we meet every month and... As a group, we try to highlight to estate agents, to clients, to property developers, how important staging a property is. Yeah, because I know, what, like again, when I was buying houses years ago, that you'd go to the show apartment, and the show, so like some of those show apartments that were absolutely horrific stuff. You know, you would, you'd like to make you run screaming out of it. But then the the the, the apartment we did eventually buy was actually a, it set out very nicely and set out in an affordable way. So in other words, we went in there and said we could do what they've done here without breaking the bank. How important is bling? Um, you know, I, I, do you keep it reasonable is, is the question. Do you know what I know, Jonathan? I like to keep it neutral. I like to keep it neutral because not everyone's taste palette would be the same so I suppose by going neutral you're kind of attracting the more wider audience as you said there will go but the bling that's personal taste I think that um, I suppose if I was designing a show house then obviously there would be areas of, of you know what the wow factor in a home but I think when you're selling it you're just trying to give people the idea yes there will be a wow factor in the staging and I definitely think that you know I'm a fresh set eyes coming into your house whether I'm staging from like a vacant home like a, sh- a show house or anything like that or you're living in it already so that's another thing people think that oh god I'm living in the house so you know I can't stage unless I need to be out of the house no you can't but it just means when the people are coming in you need to be out and I rent furniture as well and if I go into your house and you actually have say for example the one to a better word you need a new um, you need a new console table in your hall because you're the one you currently have one you don't want to replace it or two it doesn't look very well then you can rent something you know I can rent a piece of furniture for you that'll be a wall okay. factor in your hall you know so it's it, it's actually do you know what now there's a lot of benefits to staging too which will be say for example you only get one chance to make a first impression so somebody will actually make that first impression in the first few seconds as they're at, when they're in their front door be the show home or be the, your own house or whatever the other thing as well is it is an investment, but you will earn an extra six, an extra six to eleven percent on the asking price. I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. You know what I mean? When you think of it, they spend less time on the property market, right? And also, when people are scrolling, and you know yourself now, Jonathan, as well, when people are looking, we're all looking online at properties. But by you having a home that's staged or a property that's staged, lovely people will actually stop and look and say, hey, look at this one, you know, and they'll help them to pick up the phone to the estate agent or the person who's selling it or whatever and, and make that call to actually go out and view the property. And I suppose the other thing as well is by investing in staging, it means that you're not, 
you know, you're not going to have a price reduction in your property because yeah. your property will be staged but, so that it will look old. But my last, my last question, Mark, have you ever gone into a house and run out screaming, going, I, you know, the equivalent of the poltergeist hunter going in saying, no, there's nothing I can do here. You've got a poltergeist. And it, like, is, 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 have you ever come across something that you couldn't do anything with? Do you know what? I suppose I haven't. No, yes, I've come across properties that, you know, need a lot of work and you know, I kind of went, it would meet everyone's taste. But you know what? You know, I think at the end of the day, as I said, you can put as much or as little into it as you want. And I suppose you get back what you put in, like everything in life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we wish you the best of luck with it. The website, if people want to look you up, is? So my website is, is um, www.maramackydesign.ie and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And Mara Mackie Design. Mara, absolute pleasure. Good luck with the flock wallpaper if you do find it out there. Mara <laughs> Mackie uh, of Mara Mackie Design. Pleasure to talk Lovely, to you. Lovely, John. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. The summer season in beautiful Ballycotton is really starting to kick off with the return of the annual Ballycotton Sea Adventures. The weather's not playing ball just yet, but I'm sure it'll be sunny eventually. The boat trip takes in the iconic black Ballycotton Lighthouse and it launched its 2023 season over the bank holiday weekend that just passed and it coincided with the inaugural Ballycotton Fat Fest of Irish folk and alternative trad music. John Kidney uh, of Ballycotton Sea Adventures and indeed of the iconic Sea Church. Good to talk to you again, John. How are you? Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Alameda, first of all, I need to pick you up on trades and standards. I was thinking Fat Fest would be something for me, you know, I haven't put on the few pounds over the last couple of months in the winter. I thought going down there, I'd automatically get in, but I, I couldn't play the fiddle. And as a result, I wasn't allowed in. <laughs> it was all about folk and alternative trad music. How did it go? It was. It went great, yeah. Thank God, the inaugural festival, uh, the first year of it. And it was uh, it was brilliant. It was um, a whole village festival, which was brilliant. I think the first time since perhaps the Seafood and Shanty that the whole village put on a, a festival, and I think that was in 2018. Uh, obviously, COVID uh, got in the way of a lot of that stuff. But yeah, every single bar and hotel and venue such as Sea Church, Blackbird, Bayview, Schooner, McGrath and the Cush all got involved. So it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, Ballycotton has changed so much in recent years and a lot of it is down to the incredible variety that's, that's coming through Sea Church. You've had a really successful run after restrictions were lifted. Yeah, uh, hard work, um, passion, I suppose, and just... You know, it's a really enjoyable place to be. Uh, and I think when you do have the backdrop of the village and East Cork, it's an easy sell to get some of the biggest acts in the country down to us. So it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, but you've actually noticed a change as well. It's not just you always going to acts and say, would you mind coming to Belly Cotton? People are actually asking to come down and perform and see. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, a, it's quite a turnaround and I suppose happened a little bit quicker than we hoped. We always hoped it would happen. Uh, but it has happened uh, a lot quicker than we thought. Uh, we're getting a lot of repeat repeat artists, which is brilliant for us, uh, and a lot of artists who are just picking up the phone or typing in an email and asking us if they can come down and perform. So it's a, it's a testament to the work that the owner put in uh, and testament to, I suppose, the hard work of uh, our team down below and uh, just the beauty of East Cork. Well, it's not just the music, of course. You've got a wonderful restaurant there. I was talking to somebody who spent time there recently and they couldn't sing the praises highly enough. I, the, the food offering that you have in Sea Church, you didn't want to kind of go five star. You didn't want it to just be commoner garden fish and chips. But the menu you have right now is also drawing a crowd. 
Yes, indeed. So, look, I suppose we also have Kush at the end of the village. So, you know, an amazing restaurant, second year with its bib gourmand this year, an amazing chef down below, uh, an amazing service. And we like to think between Sea Church and Kush that you get, um, you get, a, you know, you get all elements of fine dining and a la carte food. Yeah. Uh, so I've got... Uh, two exceptional uh, a head chef named executive chef who would have done some of the biggest hotels in the city down with me um i'm a chef by trade uh so um and i've bought some chefs along with me and the lads have bought some chefs along with them who are just well able, yeah. really talented and know exactly how to get out good food fast and then we have an exceptional restaurant manager in both venues who know how to serve and who know the hospitality game inside and out. So yeah. it's good food, fast service, quick service, and a good experience all around. Yeah, who wouldn't want to go and work in Ballycotton, though? That's, that's in, the in, my, in my opinion. Yeah, in your opinion, <laughs> your humble opinion. Now, let's talk about the Sea Adventures, because uh, it, yeah. it, it's it's wonderful to stand on land looking out at the lighthouse, but I've always stood there and go, I'd love to get out around it. I'd love to yeah. be able to go out there, because yeah, you, know, you've got, you actually have got incredible wildlife there. You've got uh, dolphins that you can see from shore. Uh, so you guys decided to to take a boat out and bring people around on the tour. What can they expect when they're out in the adventure? Okay, so I suppose the the best thing about a tour experience are the people involved in it. And what we have is a team of local guides from original lighthouse keepers to local historians, teachers, and just people who are just completely passionate about what they do during the summer months. And that is our team of tour guides. They're absolutely amazing. They have a serious grow and a serious passion for that lighthouse and that land and the seven goats and all the seagulls that live on that that live in that island out there. And every weekend uh, for May and June, we will be bringing out our little um, our little launch, the Yassi, and doing tours out to the lighthouse. And then come July and August, we will be going full-time uh, six to seven days a week. Right. Uh, uh, weather dependent, I'm presuming. If it's blowing a gale, you won't weather be Weather dependent. Yeah. 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 Well, the, fu- the, fu- the, fu- the funny thing about it is the second an easterly or southeasterly wind hits, it's very difficult to get onto the island. So people might think it's a beautiful day in Ballycotton and it's 27, 30 degrees. But if there's a if, if there's if there's a, a slight wind uh, an easterly wind, it's very difficult to get onto the yeah, island. Yeah. So well, again, uh, you, you, you judge it on the day that's there. But I, I'm fascinated by the exactly. seven goats. Do you know them by name, or or, or how do you know uh, there's just? Seven? I think the guides. I think the guys the, the guides have names for them. Uh, I just uh, I use them as um, as muses for various uh, festivals and stuff we don't do down <laughs> below. So the goat the goat is on our comedy festival. The goat is on a few different things. So Good. yeah, well, Se- I mean, seven 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 doomed female goats. I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're happy in their own way, no doubt. Uh, out with they violence. Are very happy. Remind very me again, happy, yeah. why is the lighthouse black, John? Because it's it's just an unusual color. They're normally white and black or ringed or something. But yeah, you have a, I, you have I, a black. I, 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 yeah, it, it's it's one of only two. Um, I'd like to go into the story of it, but it escapes me right now. <laughs> but it 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 it, 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 it is one of only two. It's um, and I think, to the best of my knowledge, it's the only one you can get uh, via tour. So uh, we're very lucky to be part of the the Great Lighthouses of Ireland. It's an amazing uh, it's an amazing foundation headed up by Bobby Kerr, and it is um, 
just full of passionate people throughout the country who actually uh, who run tours out to various lighthouses around the country and um, we're lucky to be part of that. Look, it's fabulous. It really is great and if you go on the tour you'll definitely find out why it's coloured black. That's why we have those brilliant guides as That's, opposed to yeah, catching yeah. John Kidney on the hop when he was... Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was frantically trying to Google it there. But anyway, if you're listening, go Google it. It's a good story. John Kidney, it's an absolute pleasure. Best of luck to you and everyone involved in the tour. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Cheers. And that's it from this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening as always. Don't forget our video podcast series, Red Business in Focus, is up now on redfm.ie. You can look at all the previous episodes and a new season coming very, very soon. Fiona Corcoran Donnelly was the producer. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.